Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda. Hi, everyone. And our special reoccurring guest, Dr. Callie Estes. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, you're so glad to have you back on the show, Callie. Uh, Callie is an addiction recovery coach and life coach, and she has appeared all over the place. And I'm sure you've seen her on NBC, CNN, CBS, The Huffington Post, HBO, People Magazine, and the list goes on. Uh, Callie currently works as a private practitioner. And today we're going to talk to her about what to do when you feel stuck in life and unable to get past barriers. So this is a great topic. And Callie, we're going to discuss how to unpause your life and move forward. Sounds good. All right. This is going to be great. Um, you know, I know that this is true. So many people reach a point in their lives where they feel stuck. Sometimes it almost like every day. <laughs> and and this feeling of um, feeling stuck. I mean, what do you feel is, you know, how does it sort of manifest itself? And where is that turning point that um, that really inspires people to seek help? to unpause their lives? So usually I get phone calls when people feel that they've done everything in their toolbox to change how they feel about their situation. And they've sort of just resigned to the fact that they're stuck in this situation, there's nothing they can do. And I always say you're never stuck. You might have to make changes that are uncomfortable to get unstuck, but let's see what's holding you back from your true potential. And a lot of the times I hear, I don't like my job, or I hate my husband, or things aren't what they used to be. And then we sit down and we do what's called a deep dive, and we get to the root cause of why they're stuck. And once we figure out what the root cause of why they're stuck is, and we start to fix some of that, then we teach them how to implement the new changes. And as things change, they start to feel better. So it's all about the bottom line. Like, why are you in this position? And how do we get you out of this position? No, I absolutely think digging deep and getting to the root cause. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you, you have to shed light on what is making you feel this way and what is holding you back. That's I love that, Kelly. That's brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of reasons, but what are some of the most common reasons that people feel like they aren't moving forward? And how do you help find these stuck points and problem sectors so that clients can address them? Well, we start with taking a look at why you are in the position you are. So is it a series of bad choices or is it a series of doing things other people wanted you to do? So for example, somebody who's stuck that, you know, maybe they're an accountant that wanted to be an artist, right? They're stuck because mom and dad said, you have to be an accountant. This is what you do. So they feel stuck. But in reality, they're not. It's a matter of how do we change so that you enjoy life. Maybe it's adding in teaching an art class at night. Maybe you can't leave being an accountant because that's how you pay the bills, but you can add other things in that give you enjoyment versus somebody who's maybe made their own bad choices, say they had drug addiction or alcohol addiction, or had a series of you know failed relationships. Maybe they're stuck because of their choices. So we sit down and we kind of get to the bottom of why we're here and then try to figure out how to make those choices and those changes um, moving forward. I think that this aspect of someone being a people pleaser can 
strike a chord with a lot of people. And that's something that all of us can fall into that trap of being a people pleaser. So I love that you hit on that, Kelly. I think another thing is that sometimes people just, they are, they feel like they've made a decision and they're struggling to recognize that they have the power and they have the choice to choose to make a new choice and to make a new decision. Right. Is that, yeah? Yeah, yeah so. exactly. And they, they feel very um, unempowered because they feel stuck. And when you talk to somebody who says, well, you know, I, I, I'm stuck. I'm just in this situation. I don't know how I got here and I don't see a way out of it. I'm a third party. So I can look at something with a fresh set of eyes and take a big wipey board and a magic marker and say, okay, let's look at what, you know, are you really stuck? And then is it just a mental stuck? Because a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I can't do this because of that. And I'll say, well, that's not even reality. You know, that's what you told yourself. So it becomes, well, how do we get out of that? And I'll give you a good example. I've got a client who has two kids, one's 10 and one is nine, or eight and a half. And her excuse for the past 10 years is that she can't start her own company because she has kids. And I said, well, don't they have school? And she said, well, yeah. I said, so what do you do between the time they go to school at eight and the time you pick them up at three? And she says, well, you know, I clean the house. I do the laundry. I go to the gym. And I said, okay, so you go do the laundry, clean the house and go to the gym every day. And she goes, well, yeah, and get groceries. I said, but every day for eight hours, every day, that's what you do. And she goes, well, not every day. And when we broke down her time, it wasn't she couldn't start her own business because she had kids. It was she has no time management skills. So she would start to do the laundry and then get distracted by Facebook and spend two or three hours just looking at videos and commenting on people's posts while she's cleaning and doing the laundry. So an, an activity that should take her 15, 20 minutes would take her four hours. So it wasn't you can't start your own company because you have children. It was you have no idea how to manage your time. So when we put her on a time schedule and said, this is how, you know, we do these things in this order and this is what the time allotted is, she was shocked at how much free time she had. And then in the free time, we said, let's take a look at what you want to do. She wanted to be a nutritional coach. Here, you can go to school in these hours. You can make business cards. You can start marketing. And bam, in three months, she had her first two clients. And she had an income of $6,000 that she never had before. And this is looking at her span of 10 years of, I can't do this because I have kids. So, <laughs> wow. it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but those are the types of self-limiting beliefs um, that play right into this this perception or paradigm that they're stuck in. And so I love that you just described this a type of barrier that people encounter or perceive. Um, I mean, what are some other types? And, and you know, once again, you're already given us a solution and how you're helping to overcome them. But what are the other types of uh, barriers or self-limiting beliefs do you run come across? So I come across addiction a lot meaning somebody who drinks too much or does too much drugs or, you know, hires prostitutes, escorts, whatever. And my question is always why, you know, what are you doing here? And they're either distracting themselves from the stress of the job and life, or their brain says, well, this is my reward. So for example, I have a guy who says, well, I work really hard. I make a lot of money and my reward is to do cocaine. And I said, okay, that, that's a reward. Okay, we'll talk about that. 
And then when I sat him down and said, well, you know, how much are you really spending on cocaine? And he said, well, I also get strippers. And I said, okay, how much are you spending on this activity? And it was about $10,000 a weekend. So I said, for $40,000 a month, this is your entertainment. He said, well, yeah. I said, well, $40,000 a month times 12 is, and he looked at me and he goes, oh my, I'm spending half a million dollars. I said, yeah. I said, now as a business person, what would you say? And I sort of reframed his activity. And he goes, well, that's a bad business investment. You're not really getting anything. You know, you don't have a yacht. You don't have a nice pair of shoes. So I said, what would you do instead? And he goes, well, and he started coming up with ideas. And one was a nonprofit. So we transferred the energy into starting a nonprofit and running a nonprofit and him being present and being the voice of this nonprofit. And he went, I didn't think I could have fun doing this because the other activity to me was fun. He goes, but this is fun too. So it's changing how you think about the activity and it's changing what you're doing to become a better person. Wow. Yeah, that, wow. that's an amazing shift in, in perspective, right? Of seeing one thing as a fun activity and then changing that to something else that's completely different, but that can still fulfill that certain need inside of you. Exactly. And a lot of people don't realize they have that because they look at what's available. So in his mind, he's like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, I have a yacht and a big house and I have a wife and kids and a dog and I've traveled everywhere in the world and I've done every activity. What's left? The only thing left is this activity. And I said, well, that's not true. So I challenged their belief system. And then they stop and say, I never thought about that. Wow, I didn't realize I could do that. Or what a, you know, what a wonderful idea. How do we make that happen? And i give you another example. I had a gentleman who um, was bored. He, he started a company. He was working 20 hours a week. And he goes, I'm bored. So I drink alone on a Friday night. And he'll drink two bottles of wine on a Friday night watching Netflix. And then he's sick all day Saturday. And he's sick all day Sunday. And he orders takeout and doesn't get out of bed. And then starts work on Monday from his house. And I said, well, that's a horrible life. And he goes, not really. You know, I work from home and I make a lot of money. And I said, yeah, but you don't leave the house. And he goes, well, where am I supposed to go? And I said, the gym, yoga, dinner with friends. And he just looked at me and said, yeah, that's a lot of work. And I said, yeah, but don't you want to have a fulfilling life? And we kind of started talking about that. And I learned he was such an introvert, he hated people. And I said, you live in New York City. Why? If you hate people, do you live in Man Midtown Manhattan? And he said, I don't know. And I said, why don't you get like a log cabin where you can have animals on a ranch and horses? And it was a simple shift in environment. And now he's thriving and sober. So that's what I do when I when I challenge their thought pattern and their process of what they were told they need to do. And then we roadmap out what it could look like, the process to get there, the money needed to get there, the thought process and the structure behind it. And then we create the vision board to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. root cause becomes your map, uh, part of the, the beginning to, for, to create the process map. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's incredible. Well, on the life coach page of your website, some life keys to success that you list include confidence, self-worth, identity, and a purpose or passion in life. What are some fundamental ways that you help clients tap into these factors and improve on them? So one of the things I do is I sit down and I have them list all their negative traits. And any one of your listers can do this at home. 
You take a piece of paper and you put a positive sign and a negative sign at the top. They list all their positives and all their negatives. And pretty much everybody has five or six positives and like 20 negatives. And then what I challenge them to do is take the negatives and make them a positive. So almost every woman will put on their I am fat, just like clockwork. And I'll say, okay, fat is not something you are. Fat is something you have on your body. So what are you? And they look at me like a deer in headlights and go, what? <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, I don't like my body. Okay. So make it a positive. What do you like about your body? And then we'll sit down and list those things. And just by doing that, they stop and go, wow, I didn't realize I like my hair or I like my, my legs or I like my feet. I didn't realize that. I was so focused on the fact that I gained five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it is that I missed all these other positives. So I have them reframe that. And by the time we're done, every negative is now a positive. And I have them take a look at that, write it down. And every morning when they get up, they tape it to their mirror while they're brushing their teeth, because everybody brushes their teeth, I hope. And they can read the positive list. Every morning you reinforce what you like. It takes 21 days to shift your thought process. So if you tell yourself every day, I am beautiful, I can do what I want, I'm amazing, by day 21, you're going to believe it. And everyone around you is going to believe it. So it's simple things like that we start with. And then we go from there and then we create bigger things. So now that you're happy with yourself, now we get happy with our partner or happy with a partner we want. Because there's a lot of people I talk to that say, I would just be happy if I had, you know, a car, a better job, a better partner. It's always the better thing. And I always say, you're not happy with anything until you're happy with yourself. So yeah. when it comes to self-esteem, that's where we start. So true. Yeah, that's so powerful. And that reminds me of some discussions that we've had before here at Petite to Queen about making lists of affirmations and how if you say them to yourself, it starts to sink in after a while and you start to believe these positive things you're, you're reminding yourself about. Exactly. And the more positive you are, the, the better you become at feeling positive about everything around you, even the things that you cannot change. Yeah, and that's so important. Um, I was looking at some other life keys to success on your website and some others centered on relationships, self-care, addictions, and managing emotions. Mm -hmm. What can you share about these and related elements and how you help your clients work through these types of factors? So in terms of self-care, I'm always amazed at how many people help other people when, when it comes to themselves, it never gets done. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing so yeah, no, I, I, it's so true I'm gonna ask the two of you when is the last time you went and had a spa day and left your phone in the locker room got a massage got a facial got a haircut and didn't check your phone for five or six hours I'm not into spa days however I did play Pokemon um, which is something I really love to do um, on both Saturday and Sunday and had fun <laughs> doing that. So it's not a spa day, but I'm out walking, I'm at the parks, I'm meeting some of my other Pokemon community buds, catching critters. That, that for me, that's one of my, my self-care activities it, because it combines a lot of different things. I get out, I'm walking, I'm meeting, um, you know, acquaintances and some of them have become good friends. We talk and we, we play this game. So that's, I, that's excellent. Did you feel guilty <laughs> for taking the day? Oh, no. I mean, it was uh, I actually book time into my schedule. Um, it's really sort of funny, but um, I participate in these things called 
x-rays <clears throat> which are once a week and if it's in the middle of the week i'll actually book this time into my work schedule and then i put a buffer and above and beyond and what's great about it is it gets me out of my office it gets once again i will normally they're normally at parks and i will walk and do a few things before and after and i visit with people and then i go back to work and it's like i've been refreshed and re-energized and then i you know i just make up the time and i work into the evening but what's great is it's it's uh for me it's it's just a, a great way to break up my day see that's phenomenal and most people don't do that they feel guilty so to take that extra hour two hours whatever it is in the middle of the day they say i can't do that I have to continue to work. I have to sit in front of this computer and this phone, do my job, or they won't take it in the evening. Then the kids are home and I'm you know, neglecting my husband, I'm neglecting my kids, I'm neglecting my house, what have you. So you're doing it right. I get the clients that are so frazzled and so frustrated because they won't give themselves that hour or two. Yeah, it's all about how many hours, I mean, getting the work done in the week and working more effectively or smarter. And also, um, I know that I work plenty of hours. So, but to your point, I, I see how that, that it, it, and in fact, taking that break, whether it's even just a coffee break and um, walking to the local coffee shop and back can be enough that it, it actually can your mind wanders and you can, if you just let it go you can actually come up with solutions or ideas because you've left the environment exactly I, mean, I found yeah. so <laughs> that's, that's true for me too i often will take a walk in the middle of the work day or sometimes i'll even go to the gym in the afternoon before the work day is over and i'll work later but i find that just getting out there and taking my mind off of things and allowing myself to kind of relax or de-stress or kind of shift my energy a little bit, I actually end up getting a lot of ideas when I do go out to when I come back to work, I'm a little bit more effective for those last couple of hours that I finish up my job. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like an endorphin boost. Yeah, and for yeah. me, it's when I travel. People always laugh. They're like, every time you travel, you come back with some cockamamie idea that works. I'm like, yeah, because I'm relaxed. I'm sitting on the plane. What else am I going to do? Watch a stupid movie drink and relax my brain shuts down and it goes oh we could do this and i come back and i have an idea i came back and i said i have this idea we're going to create this locator site for recovery coaches and one of my business partners went that's never been done i'm like i know and she's like where did you come up with that and i'm like on the plane and i gave her the rest of my idea and she's like oh wow that's really cool and i get ideas in the shower i'll be taking a shower you know with the music on doing my thing oh i got an idea and I'm you know, all wet trying to write it down and people are laughing at me like, is that a shower idea or is that a plane idea or the gym? Where did you get this? So you have to relax. You have to let the brain reset. Yeah. yeah we amazing. do that too. We've talked about getting ideas in the shower as well. Yeah. Or on the it's elliptical or on the walk. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, sometimes I answer like a question that someone has sent to me. Just, I start formulating it in my mind. So, yeah. Callie, um, this is, I'm loving this, and you are a life coach, and you work with a team to help clients, um, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or group coaching. So to anyone listening who may be considering seeking help, what can you tell them about the type of help they'll receive and what that process might look like? So it's a very fun process. I know a lot of people hate therapy, and I was a therapist first, coach second, love coaching, 
Therapy goes backwards. We're not going to do that. We are going to start from today and it's fun. We're going to create a fun environment, things you have to look forward to, new ideas, new adventures with a big whiteboard and a big vision board. And you walk away and you're happy and you're like, wow, I'm so excited. And then you stay excited because I usually I work with my clients three to six months. So I'm constantly keeping you motivated. The calls are fun. And if you have a, a setback, we get on and we triage the setback. We complain about it. We see if we can fix it. If we can fix it, we can. If we can't, we move on. We look for additional solutions. And then from there, we move to the next sector. And as you start to see the changes and you start to enjoy your life, you start to look forward even more to the calls and even more to the next the next phase and the next step. Right. Yeah, that's that's fabulous. I love what you're doing, Kelly. And I want to thank you again for sharing how to get unstuck in your life and moving forward past the barriers. This has been a great conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me again. You bet. And for anyone who missed the previous podcast, um, uh, Callie went over how to recover from addiction and get your life back. And although we touched on this, um, this is all part of doing what she's saying, really getting to the root cause and providing you with the ability to shift your perception and to move forward and to be your best self. And this has been fabulous. If you are want to follow up, you can find um, Callie at callieestis.com or at theaddictioncoach.com. And we will provide you those links in our show notes. And I want to thank everyone who listened today. This has been a really great discussion. And I hope we've helped you rethink your own paradigm. And if you do have ideas or thoughts that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Um, leave us a comment in the comment section. Or if you have a specific question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, please email us at jointheconversation at petitetoqueen.com. <laughs> and to stay current with all of our great shows, our articles, all the different resources that we provide, sign up for our weekly Wisdoms newsletter and you're going to know about them before anybody else. Thanks for listening. <laughs>